Shri Chaitanya Jaya Nityananda Jaya Dvaita Chandra Jaya Gaura Bhakta Vrinda receives the orders of Krishna and Guru. Bahu Janma Kari Jadi Shravana Kirtana Tabutana Pai Krishna Pade Prematana. Bahu Janma Kari Jadi Shravana Kirtana Tabutana Pai Krishna Pade Premadana. Bahu Janma Kari Jadi Shravana Kirtana Pahujana Pai Krishna Padipadana Pahujana Kari Jari Shravana Kirtana Pahujana Pai in the chanting of the Hare Krishna Mahamantra, despite his endeavor to chant the holy name for many births, he will not get the love of Godhead that is the ultimate goal of this chanting. Srila Bhakti, Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur says in this connection that although one may go on chanting the Hare Krishna Mantra for many, many years, there is no possibility of attaining the platform of devotional service unless one accepts the Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. One must follow strictly the instructions of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu given in the Shikshashtaka. Tanana Pisa Nichena Torora Iva Sivishnuna Vamanina Manadina Kirtanya Sadahari. One should chant the holy name of the Lord in a humble state of mind, thinking oneself lower than the straw in the street. One should be more tolerant than a tree, devoid of all sense of false prestige and should be ready to offer all respect to others. In such a state of mind, one can chant the holy name of the Lord constantly. One who follows this direction, being freed from the ten kinds of offenses, becomes successful in Krishna consciousness, and ultimately reaches the platform of loving service to the personality of Godhead. One must come to the understanding that the holy name of the Lord and the Supreme Personality of Godhead himself are identical. One cannot reach this conclusion unless one is offenseless in chanting the holy name. By our material calculation, we see a difference between the name and the substance. 
But in the spiritual world, the absolute is always absolute. The name, form, qualities, and pastimes of the absolute are all as good as the absolute himself. Thus, one is understood to be an eternal servant of the Supreme Personality of Godhead if he considers himself an eternal servant of the Holy Name, and in this spirit distributes the Holy Name to the world. One who claims, one who chants in that spirit, without offenses, is certainly elevated to the platform of understanding that the Holy Name and the Personality of Godhead are identical. To associate with the Holy Name and chant the Holy Name is to associate with the Personality of Godhead directly. In the Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu, it is clearly said, Sevun Mukhikiji Hadao, The Holy Name becomes manifest when one engages in the service of the Holy Name. This service in a submissive attitude begins with one's tongue. Sevun Mukhikiji Hadao. One must engage his tongue in the service of the Holy Name. Our Krishna consciousness movement is based on this principle. We try to engage all the members of the Krishna consciousness movement in the service of the Holy Name. Since the Holy Name and Krishna are not different, the members of the Krishna consciousness movement not only chant the Holy Name of the Lord offenselessly, but also do not allow their tongues to eat anything that is not first offered to the Supreme Personality of Godhead. The Supreme Lord declares, Patram Bhushpam Palam Doyam Yomi Bhaktya Rishchati Taram Bhakti Paritam Shnani Parita Punaha. If one offers me with love and devotion a leaf, a flower, a fruit, or water, I will accept it. Therefore, the International Society for Krishna Consciousness has many temples all over the world, and in each and every temple, the Lord has offered these foods. On the basis of his demands, the, devotee, the devotees chant the holy name of the Lord offenselessly and never eat anything that is not first offered to the Lord. The functions of the tongue in devotional service are to chant the Hare Krishna Mahamantra and eat prasadam that is offered to the Lord. If one is infested with the ten offenses in the chanting of the Hare Krishna Mahamantra, despite his endeavor to chant the holy name for many births, he will not get the love of Godhead that is the ultimate goal of chanting. Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is described by Bhaktivinoda Thakur in his poem about Nitai and Gore, and he says, Doyo Nitai, Doyo Tunaihe, Doyo Tunaihe, Amar Prema Prema Kede, Ke Prema De. That Lord Nityananda took a beating from Madai, but he still kept giving the love of God. In Prabhupada's word for word from the fifth canto of the verse, Mahatmanastumam Parta. Excuse me. Mahanta stays about Chita Prasanta, Vimanyak Suridasada Voye. This verse is about how there are Mahatmas who are distributing the holy name, and he says they must be Vimanyava, Vimanyava Suridasada Voye, the sadhus. They have to be tolerant even as. They're distributing the holy names. Uh, someone may uh, uh, deride them or uh, even uh, offend them in many ways. 
but they, they have to go on doing it without becoming angry. Uh, Sri Nityananda Prabhu was distributing the holy name to anyone and everyone. In fact, he uh, approached Jagai Madai, and even after he was hit by the pot on the head with by Madai, he still uh, gave him love of God. He was still inclined to give him mercy. And so Bhaktivinoda Thakur says this is the character of Nitain Gore. And then he says uh, that Oriyapara Duri Jabe Pabe Premadan. That uh, when your offenses go far away, Ori Apara, Dure means uh, far away, Dure Jave Pave Primadani, then you will get pure love of Krishna by chanting. But then he says, Vicharthunaihe. Vicharthunaihe means but with the, the chanting of the names of Nita and Goranga, there's uh, no consideration, there's no Vichar. Vicharthunaihe. Uh, they don't consider at all uh, any offense. And so then he goes on to say that uh, you must try for this to get a taste for the chanting of the holy name now that you have all these advantages. So <clears throat> the Nartan Das Thakur also in his song, Goram Gera Jutipada, he's talking about the mercy of the lotus feet of Lord Goranga. And he says that when you dive into the ocean of the Sankirtan movement of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, then you come out on the shore of the pastimes of Radha and Krishna. And if you uh, consider this uh, the character of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu that, uh, and the nature of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is Radha and Krishna combined, but he has the compassionate nature of Srimati Radharani, and he's in the mood of a devotee. So he's distributing the holy name as Krishna himself. And also, as described by Vishnu Chakravarti Thakur, it's uh, Lord Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, Krishna himself, but he's tasting love of God, so he's in a state of uh, divine intoxication. And then he gives an example of a king who gets intoxicated one day and goes into his treasury with a bag. And he fills up the bag with all the most valuable gems that uh, are in the treasury. And singing and pirouetting, he goes down to the common road. And as people are passing by, he just hands them out. <laughs> and he says, this is how Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, in his intoxication, is giving away the greatest secrets and the highest award of love of God to everybody, yeah, just by the chanting of the holy names of the Lord. So Prabhupada emphasizes in the Sri Chaitanya Charitamrita in a purport, and in several other places as well, but especially in one purport, he repeats it three times, that before one chants, Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare, one should say, Shri Krishna Chaitanya, and then say, Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, 
to go back home, back to Godhead. Krishna prefers, prefers the latter. And when he sees, uh, but he doesn't get involved. Samoham Sarva Bhuteshu, he says in the Bhagavad Gita. Samoham Sarva Bhuteshu Nami Dveshostinapriya. I'm neutral because he doesn't want to interfere with the independence of the living entity. It has to be a free choice. But the devotees, on the other hand, they take the opportunity to intervene in the lives of conditioned souls. They're minding their own business, and we come out and chant Hare Krishna. And it's an interjection into the lives of devotees. What to speak of knocking on doors or saying, excuse me, where are you from? Uh, how are you? Nice to meet you. Oh, really? Great. Here. Please, have a look at this. And then we introduce, and we make friends, and then we sort of subtly insist that they become one of us. And this is very dear to Krishna, because that's his actual purpose. Prabhupada writes in the Bhagavad Gita that although he says, don't disturb the minds of the ignorant, Prophet says, yeah, he doesn't really mean it. <laughs> and therefore, when the devotees take that responsibility, then such devotees become very dear to Krishna. So we have a couple of points at, at which we can uh, take advantage. One is by chanting the names of uh, Nitai and Goranga, and then chanting Hare Krishna. And also by helping to distribute the holy name to as many other people as possible. This makes one very dear to Krishna. And then, of course, there are offenses to be avoided. And for the, for the devotees who are sincere about making advancement in devotional service, uh, such devotees are, are always uh, vigilant. Be careful about making offenses to others, especially offending devotees. It's one thing that you can sign off on in the beginning. There's a little sign-up sheet that you can uh, put a check mark next to say, I won't offend devotees. Did you get that paper? <laughs> you can check it off. And then you can just, if somebody says, would you like to join a session to Offend devotees? They already signed my sheet. Well, let's write something on the internet to criticize devotees for being so foolish all the time. Like, I would, but I just already signed the sheet. I can't join. If one takes that vow, then very easily Krishna will bestow his mercy through the Holy Name especially avoiding that and committing sinful activities on the strength of chanting the Holy Name, and trying to be as attentive as possible. And then taking prasadam is recommended here because atashri krishna namadi namadai graya nindri seva mukhi jivhado svayenevasvurtada Yoga begins with the tongue. And the Srimad Bhagavatam says, if one's tongue is controlled, then one can understand that all the other senses are controlled. And if the tongue is not controlled, one can understand that all the other senses are not controlled. And the best way to control the tongue is by taking Krishna Prashadam and not taking a bag of Doritos and stuffing your hand in and then cramming it in your mouth. Is this pertinent to anybody? 
don't just um, be compulsive and eat, eat things. Stop and offer it to Krishna. And um, when we're conscious about that, about what we eat, then the tongue can come under control. It's, it's a great uh, favor Krishna has given us, uh, food that is tasty, but also that is uh, not different from him. It's spiritual food. When I joined the Hare Krishna movement, I couldn't believe that that was true. I mean, I, I couldn't believe my good fortune that, that there could be such a thing. Because I thought, as many other foolish people think, that spiritual life meant austerities, and uh, eating was one thing that should be eliminated altogether. And the devotees said, no, no, you have to eat a lot. <laughs> Are you sure about this? <laughs> and, oh, all right. <laughs> I'll do it. Uh, <laughs> I'll do it for the cause. <laughs> and prasadam is special because it's offered to Krishna. And Krishna tastes it, and then Chaitanya Mahaprabhu describes how there's Krishna Pela, the, the actual saliva of Krishna. There's a very intimate idea that Krishna is actually eating it. And then when we take it, we feel the influence of, of Krishna's personality uh, by taking the prasadam. And then what's also nice is that people in general like to eat. All living entities like when you give them food, they become your friend. <laughs> and that includes uh, humans or animals. They say, would you like a little something? <laughs> you give it to them, and, and then they're like, can I just come with you? <laughs> it's a kind of natural sense that if you feed people, then, then they like you, and they want to be with you. And so we have that advantage, that we have this food that's spiritual, and then when you give it to other people, they become spiritualized. And they don't know how or why. They just keep coming back, because... The prasadam is very attractive because it's not different from Krishna. And so, if you combine all these together, uh, worshipping Lord Chaitanya Mahaprabhu in his name and his deity, and then uh, distributing the holy name, chanting Hare Krishna at home and distributing prasadam to others and then honoring prasadam, then you have a complete life of perfect yoga that you can practice. And it's easy to distribute to people all over the world. Festivals are very nice places to distribute Krishna consciousness. If you create a festive environment, which festivals require food and music, and if possible, a little dancing, and some bright colors. You can do that with the Hare Krishna movement. You have a place where people would like to congregate, and then you could have some music, Prabhu, give us a few chords. <laughs> <laughs> And then there's rhythm. 
We've discovered that on, for our Harinam festivals, that we watch scientific study, people walking down the street, and there's a certain tall that you play, and then they can't leave. This happened to me once going around Goverdown Hill. I was in a hurry, as usual, going around Goverdown Hill, and then I came across a sangha of people who were fully absorbed in doing bhajan by the side of the road. It was right, a little before Udabakund. There was probably about 200 people in a big circle. And they were playing harmoniums and they had some drums going. And it was such a beat, such a rhythm going on that really it captured me. I had to sit down and I couldn't leave. And so I understand how that works. And rhythm and music are universally appealing to people. They don't know why, they just like it. I saw your opera house here. And I was thinking, that's a really big building for some singing, isn't it? I mean, it's huge. It's like, <laughs> So this music and rhythm is really uh, appealing to living entities. They like to have music and they like to have the uh, rhythm behind it. And then it captures them. Now, if we put the holy name in the middle, then you have this special formula that can spread all over the world just by one song. Actually, it's the song you keep in your heart that makes the difference in life. The only problem people have, they know they like music and they like rhythm, but they have the wrong song. It's just the wrong song. And I, I, we were subjected to some of the songs at the airport the other night in New Jersey. But there's no place to go in the New Jersey airport where you don't get bombarded by something some music. We were trying to get away, but they turned the whole thing into one big bar. <laughs> All the seating area was like, no, no, sit down and have a drink. And, uh, <laughs> no thanks. And I was like, okay, well, we'll just stand there and listen to the music. And, like, and I was sampling some of the lyrics and, well, they could be a little better. <laughs> But the Hare Krishna mantra, that's perfect. It's a perfect thing to introduce into the rhythm and, and the melody. And then what you have is ambrosia. It's real, it's ambrosia. And if people get caught by the rhythm and then the melody, and then they hear the mantra wherever they can't get it out of their heads. And Krishna is not different from his name, as Prabhupada points out here. Uh, Atashi Krishna, no, I mean, Apana Samsutim Gorangyam Nama Pivashoganam Tatasadyo Vimucheta Yapipeti Swayam Vayam. Prabhupada points out from this verse from, from Sutta Goswami that Krishna and his name are non different, and you can take full advantage of Krishna's presence in his name at any time, and you can also distribute to other people. So then there, you can make colors with artistry and make a little facility for people to come in so that they can uh, join in with the dancing. And this is another thing, people, when they see dancing on the street, especially when it's kind of um, inviting, you know, it's a space that they feel like they can come into and also dance, then with the rhythm and the, the mantra and the melody, they come in and dance a little bit and dance their troubles away, and then take some prasadam, and everything's perfect. So that's what Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's uh, method is, uh, is simply joyful. Kevala Anandakanda. 
Then, of course, uh, the distribu distribution of, of books is uh, our tradition, and it's very practical. It's a way that we can transform the earth by the distribution of literature, because living entities like books. Uh, human, humans have had a love, love affair with books since time immemorial. They're always trying to figure out how to write things down. And if you notice how little jivas are walking around, they always have their nose in some kind of thing, trying to get some knowledge from it. Not so much coming out of the phone these days, but they're still absorbed. They want to see symbols and writing and things like that. So all these together make a complete um, occupation that we can engage in, and apparently that's what you're doing here, if I'm not incorrect, right? Yes, that's right. So thank you for having us here. We really like this place. As Devamrita Swami says, it's the best. So <laughs> <laughs> we can see that for ourselves, that this is a, a sweet spot in the universe to come to get Lord Chaitanya's mercy and also be encouraged to distribute to others. I could say a few more words, but uh, you'll have to ask a question or make a comment. And I'll check on the time, too. It's 8.15. What is the normal schedule? We can go on for another... You can just go. Just this guy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 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 well, it's a good job. <laughs> <laughs> you don't hear for the short run, so we're going to milk you. <laughs> yeah, we'll help if you ask any questions. Yes, How can we make uh, like come out of the mall of passion into more goodness and transcendence? Make your bed. In the <laughs> be, be neat and clean. It's a good idea to cultivate the mode of goodness. Krishna talks about this in an entire chapter in the left canto. He tells Uddhava that you should cultivate Sattvagun. So be neat and clean. In your speech, there are the austerities of speech. You should speak truthfully. You should avoid a speech that offends. You should Satyam um, Priyam um, should be truthful, should be pure. Um, Avoiding speech of defense, what is it? Pleasing. Pleasing, yeah, it should be pleasing. And also you should regularly recite the Vedas. So it's important to chant a chapter of Bhagavad Gita every day. You know how long it takes to chant the chapter of Queen Kunti? Just your prayers? You know the Queen Kunti, Kunti prayers in, in one uh, first canto, chapter eight? You know how long it takes to say all those? Nine minutes. Five minutes. Five minutes and 18 seconds, if you make a mistake or two. But that's it, it's five minutes. So any chapter of Bhagavad Gita, like chapter 12 or 15, that's only 20 verses, you can chant a chapter every day. So you can cultivate um, this pure consciousness by regularly reciting the Bhagavad Gita. That's a highly recommended activity. Do you do that? But what, what I just found, like when, when I chant only one chapter, it's hard for me to get into it. And I had a feeling of, I just squeeze it in somehow. And then yeah, just squeeze it in. 
Whenever I finish chanting my japa, then I just go right into my chapter. Because, you know, another thing is when you chant a chapter of the Bhagavad Gita, it frees you from any offenses in worshipping the deity. Did you know that? You can either chant one chapter of Bhagavad Gita or the Vishnu Sahasranam. <laughs> that takes longer. <laughs> I squeeze it in somewhere. You know, I like to carry my Shastra with me in my bag so that if I get in the car, you know when you get in the car and someone says he'll be right there? <laughs> then you can finish a chapter before, by the time they get there and they go, oh, I'm so sorry. And I was like, no problem. <laughs> also, have you ever had to wait in line? Yes. You have here in <laughs> You're not in California. You have to wait in line at the post office, especially. And they take their time. You know how they're busy back there and it looks like they're not doing anything, but they still don't look at you? <laughs> and people are going, <laughs> if you have your shastra in your bag, you just pull it out and you start doing it and you know, take your time. In fact, take longer. I'm almost done. <laughs> so squeezing it in is a good idea because uh, one of the tricks for advancing in spiritual life is this phrase to keep the transcendental vibration going. If you're wondering, like, ah, I'm a mess, I don't know what to do, uh, this, uh, just keep the transcendental vibration going. And when you're, in, when you're in contact with the sound, you're in contact with Krishna. So you'll, you'll become purified by the process. So make sure that it's uh, continuous and contiguous. So you always have something going on. But Shastra is really nice. Prabhupada liked it. He chanted chapters of Bhagavad Gita. You should chant the Sri Yashapanishads. You chant the Sri Yashapanishads. How about the Upadeshamita? These things, these are uh, gifts Prabhupada gave us, so you can learn those. They'll take you a month and a half if you chant it every day, and then you'll be walking around and you're going, Isha Vasha Midam Sadam Kinja. Oh, I have to look. And then you look and you say, Oh, I'm now, there it is. And then you fill in the blanks. But just keep doing it until you learn them. They're really important. That's one of the ways to keep cultivating this uh, pure consciousness. Shriya you can learn. It's got uh, the invocation plus uh, 18 verses. That's not very much. Ubadesha Amrita is only 11 verses. And these are all very core important verses and then you can bring them out when you need them also. And Prophet also said in Hawaii, he said you should also chant one chapter of the Srimad Bhagavatam every day. Because if you do that, then I guarantee you'll go back to God here. Then he said, everyone said, Jai, so say Jai. Jai! And he probably said, so you'll do it? <laughs> and everyone said, yes, Prabhupada. So you could say, yes, we'll do it. Yes. So Prabhupada said, because if you chant one chapter of Bhagavatam every day, then you'll go back to Godhead. And everyone said, John! John! I said, so you'll do it? Yes! And I did that three times. My god sister Baba Charini was there, and then she said the most amazing thing was nobody did it. But <laughs> <laughs> well, we can do it. And that's the nice thing about spiritual life is you can just haul off and do whatever you want. Just pick from all the uh, special 
offerings that the Lord's giving and, and to say, yeah, I'm going to do this. I'll figure out how to squeeze it in. And one of the tricks of spiritual life, too, is it's like pouring milk into a glass of ink. You keep pouring more milk, more and more, and then all the ink comes out, and then it's just replaced. So we're into replacement therapy. We, we have, I have a penchant for material sound, hearing and chanting the material things. But the more I pour in the spiritual sound, then uh, the other sound just goes out. And then it becomes, we're enveloped by that sound. And that's how to make advancement in spiritual life and have pure consciousness. Okay, Prabhu. Nikola, you want to make a comment? No, go ahead. Okay. And you spoke about advancement in spiritual consciousness. And I was thinking about, you know, I work. And sometimes it feels like two steps forward in the morning and then one step back when you go to work. Is it, do we have to accept when we're working that our spiritual advancement won't be as, uh, we won't be able to spiritually advance as well as if we weren't working? Prabhu, what is your name? Uh, Boma, Boma Vrindavan. Boma Vrindavan, what a beautiful name. Boma Vrindavan Prabhu, no. It's a, you'll make more advancement. First of all, you have to work. There's no uh, exemptions, except for Shukadeva Goswami. And he planned it out from the time that he was in the womb. Working. No Christmas, no Hanukkah, no nothing. I'm just going to leave. And so he had this whole scheme. But it took a lot of work. He just came out. It's like, I'm out. Bye. He didn't say that. He just turned around and left. So not many people can do that. Most people, they come out and it's like, Gucci, Gucci, Coo. It takes a while. So actually, it's such a sublime process that that vidyam cha vidyam chayas tad vidyobayam saha avidyayam ritum tirtva vidyayam ritum ashnute. Only one who can learn the process of nations and transcendental knowledge side by side can transcend the influence of repeated birth and death and enjoy the full blessings of immortality. What that means is that Krishna consciousness is so nice that your work will help you. And here's why. And I'm not just, it's not just a um, you know, platitude. There's, there's a way in which when we have the two uh, kinds of uh, activity, Krishna consciousness and our work, side by side, uh, juxtaposed, then we get powerful revelation about the nature of Krishna consciousness and of work in the material world. So that's one aspect, because we, we see the difference very clearly, as you're expressing. One of them is, it's like, God, do I have to do this? And the other one is, oh, I want to do this. So you, you, uh, the, the, the difference between the two is more revealed when you, have, when you do your work. And also, um, as you're working, when you're doing... Uh, your uh, spiritual practice, then you'll see lessons in everything that you do. This means this, that means that, this relates to this. A, a, compare, a, a general example that I really like is about making yogurt. And with yogurt, you have a big pot of milk, but then you just add a little bit of yogurt. And then because of the culture, in the time, 
not very much time, just overnight, the whole pot turns to yogurt. So even as we have uh, obligations to work, uh, because we have that culture of Christian consciousness, Chang, Japa, and doing your other worship, the rest of your life will also transform and become spiritualized by the process. So it's actually really helpful to be able to work. You're fortunate to have that, those two things going on at the same time. And, and just one last point about that is, it's important to realize the consequences of my actions. This is one of the most important aspects of uh, maturing in consciousness, and that to realize that there are consequences, and then to refine one's choices. So if the, if the consequences weren't so seemingly indelible and onerous, for my activities in, uh, in the material world, my material choices, then I would just try to straddle both worlds all the time. But, but because the uh, reaction to material involvement is so sticky, it's really hard to get rid of. It makes us consider that maybe I won't do this anymore at all. And that's a nice place to be. So Krishna is really expert at giving us just what we need so that we come to that point and say, no moss. Do you speak Spanish? No moss. No more. I quit. Uh, I'm out of here. That's the internal feeling, even as we have to work. It's like, I'm just doing this, biding my time, and I'm taking the lessons, and I'm fully devoted to Krishna. And I'll do whatever I have to do for the, you know, as my obligation, but when I have the opportunity, I'm going to grab it. And that's also really important to be in this hungry state that when, when I see daylight, I'm going for it. Because sometimes we say, oh, I just want Christian consciousness, and Krishna will appear before us and say, you want to go back to God? And it's like, I would, but i got to work. <laughs> I'm a little busy right now. You know, my kids need me, and after all, you know, I'm hungry, and, and all these things. So you know, we do have to have this uh, crucible where we get purified by, by working hard in the world and actually realizing, I don't want this anymore. It has to come from us. Just like we say with kids, they grow up in Christian consciousness, and at a certain age, they have to decide for themselves. And so all, m many adults, they decided uh, at a certain point, like, I don't like material life, I like Christian consciousness. That's the most important thing that could happen to anybody. So, it becomes augmented when you have to work and do Christian consciousness. Everybody does. Raghunath Das Goswami uh, couldn't get away very, very easily, right? What about Rupa and Sanatan? It took them a long time. You had to go to jail. Sanatan had to go to jail. You say, I'm out. They say, no, no. <laughs> Everybody says, no, you can't do this. You can't just leave. You've got to stay with us and work hard. This beautiful prayer in which the devotee is saying, How long and in how many ways have I served the bad masters of my senses? But no mas. I'm not going to do it anymore. Now I'm going to serve Krishna. But even when we come to that conclusion in our hearts, it doesn't mean that you're scot free. Is that a 
<laughs> okay thing to say? Yeah. It's not racist or anything? Okay. Uh, I don't even know where it came from. It sounded like it could be dangerous though. It's from England? Possibly. Right. Prabhu? Is that right? Okay. Oh, you're cool up with your That's okay. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> oh, sorry. I don't want to keep interrupting you. Um, yeah, so I think we spoke about this in like a morning class the other day, but what would your advice be to like positively influence those closest to you, especially when they're like very strongly in the mode of ignorance and like you know what's good for them, but they're like, you know, they know what I'm doing, but they generally have no interest in it and they're more like mock it rather than ask me questions about it. And what would your advice be to... Like, how can you help the people that are closest to you? Because you, you do care, even if it's, like, all material, like, I said. These are, like, family members? Yeah. Yeah, you can't preach to family members. Unless they're Indian and call mom and say, Mom, chant 16 rounds. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my mom chant 16 rounds a day. She had a whole bottle of time. from a different culture. So, we don't, we don't preach to parents or generally siblings or to anybody for that matter, unless they really show an opening. You know, it's an offense to try to explain the holy name to people who don't understand it. In fact, the admonition for those who are teaching Christian consciousness is given, <laughs> the Madhyamadikari is the preacher and sees four entities. One is Krishna, for whom uh, he or she gives of love, you know, expressive love. And the next is the people who are uh, devotees. And for devotees, he or she makes appropriate friendships. Then there's the innocent. And for the innocent who are open, uh, the devotee pours in as much mercy as possible. And then for the envious people who are not into it, and don't, and you're not supposed to talk to them about it. But my experience with family members is uh, just be a friend and show a good example, and show up with prasadam. If you know they like a particular kind of prasadam, like my uh, family used to love pakoras. Nirkula would bring over a special um, wok, and ghee, and cauliflower, and make pakoras, and people would take pakoras. And I do, we just saw over, over, the, over time, that without saying anything, they were affected by that. But if you try to preach to them, then they'll. Uh, uh, there's a kind of visceral reaction almost. Like, you don't tell me, I tell you. And who do you think you are? So just be nice and set a good example and bring them prasadam. And also, I gave my mom a BBT calendar every year and I found out she had it on her desk. And one day when we were. Uh, at my parents' house, they're both coming now. But they, Nirakula um, was cooking something, and my mom came in and tasted it. And I was like, no, 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 you can't do that. And she goes, Krishna does it. He's <laughs> <laughs> doing butter. And we're like, what? <laughs> <laughs> we had that picture up when she left the world, with, you know, in front of her. So, like little things, just gifts and, you know, no straight. Like, hey, did you know there's different energies in the world? <laughs> You're in the lowest one. 
Ah, yes. Um, I was just wondering, uh, the, the method for um, distributing books, like how you teach to distribute Bhagavad Gita as it is, does that need to be adapted in terms of where you are in the world or different countries, or is that cannot be applied everywhere in the same way? Yeah, you know, there's always an adaptation because you know, cultures are different and even uh, time of day is different sometimes. Sometimes you have to be a little quicker, not saying much at all. Sometimes you know you have to wait and take time with people. And yeah, you have to adjust according to culture. So but we we look around and we see here's here's the point. Every place has a key that opens people's hearts. And that gets revealed to those who are sincerely trying in that place. So it's good to check out and see, you know, who's doing it. Who's doing who's found the key to open up so that um, people will take it in that particular culture. Uh, I, just as an example, there was a, Brigupati Prabhu is a seasoned book distributor since 1972 or something. And, you know, he came to a concert about five years ago. Uh, there were a lot of young devotees working the concert also. They were doing really well. He was doing his presentation, nobody was taking. So then he went over and he watched one of the young boys. What are you saying? He's like, nothing practically. I'm just saying, uh, just say, hey, uh, woo. <laughs> <laughs> That's all you need to say at a concert. Take a book. And he was like, this is 5,000 years old. He's like, we don't care. <laughs> so you know, he, adjusted, <laughs> he adjusted his his lines to, hey, ha, hoo. <laughs> and he started taking books. So you always got to find what's the key that opens. You can't be stuck, you know, stuck in any particular presentation. Although, you know, it helps to have some, a few lined up that you already know, and you've tried them, and you can mix and match. And, like, to give an example, when we do our, uh, when we do our parikrams, and uh, we have a yatra, so... We get devotees from different parts of the world, and we go to usually Mayapur and Puri and in February. And so our, our yatras are not just for um, going around to the holy places, they're for book distribution. So we, we ship in books to have for, so that we can distribute them while we're in the holy place. It's a nice combination. So we figured out how in Puri and in Bengal to distribute books, especially in Puri. Because I noticed that uh, one day when we were doing Harinam, this guy stopped on a motorcycle and he started screaming at us. And I, when I asked Madhavananda later, he goes, oh, because you were wearing shoes while you are doing the Harinam. It's a big offense here. And then I started uh, locking into that. And then I found out if you kick off your shoes, take, people take you really seriously. So then we started doing book distribution there in Puri. You just walk up to people, kick off your shoes. <laughs> and then he had in the book, and they kicked their shoes off. <laughs> their shoes, they have to take them off. And, and the other thing we, we realized is it's easier to distribute to people when you don't know their language and they, they don't know yours, and you don't try. You just use a language card. And so we kick off our shoes, hand them the book, hand them the language card, and you stand in mountain pose. <laughs> Until they go in the house and they bring out a donation. So I'm just giving that as an example. It took a little uh, working with it, saying this, that, this, that, and then Krishna says, here, here's your, here's your key. You can have it now. 
and then you learn how how to in in a particular time, place, and circumstance to distribute a book. Same with sets. Devotees have been tinkering with sets for years and years, and now there are more uh, devotees figuring out how to distribute full sets of books. Nirko, what were you going to say? I was just going to say how struck I was by Prabhupada's choice of words in the um, translation. He said, "Infested with the ten offenses," mm. and in. An infestation just, for me, conjures up unpleasant things. Cockroaches. <laughs> rodents. Things yeah. that I wouldn't want to be infested, you know. So it just really struck me that Prabhupada yeah. chose that. Yeah, very good. Better get it fixed. Prabhu? So, <clears throat> two principles I wanted to ask you to expand on. One is um, how to avoid complacency. And then the second is how to take responsibility, because we see in the modern world, the sense of responsibility is not really instilled in any culture. Responsibility? The first one about complacency, I find that setting goals helps. After all, what's a football game anyway? It's just, they, some people got together and they drew lines on a field, right? <laughs> you have to get from here to here holding the ball. And it doesn't matter what else happens, just get over the line and they're like, Okay, <laughs> I dedicate my life to this. People <laughs> like pay money to come in and say, "Is he going to make this?" Across the line, holding the ball, <laughs> and it gets on TV, and everyone's like millions of people watching. Let's see if he can do it. <laughs> so people aren't complacent about it at all because they have a goal. There's a line. He's like, "There's a line. You get over the line." So. In my life, I find whatever I feel generally complacent about, which is probably everything, I just say, my goal, here's my goal, and now you have to reach the goal. And the same kind of fervor that humans have for useless things, we can employ in Krishna consciousness. Sankhyapur Kuto. The Goswamis measured everything. They counted it all. And as far as responsibility goes, how can we become more responsible? Well, um, could you look up the word research department? <laughs> we take our research department wherever we go. <laughs> so it means the having an obligation to do something or having control over or care for someone as part of one's job or role. An obligation. So part of it is an understanding that we're obligated one way or the other. If I don't take responsibility for my own Christian consciousness, then I'm obligated to act in the material world. It's partly what I mentioned that verse, Kama, Dinam, Katina, Katita, Palita, Durnidesis. The person uh, is realizing that I've been serving bad masters. Now I'm going to change. I'm changing my alliance. I'm still going to serve. I have to be responsible, but not for the material activities. Now I'm going to be responsible for Christian consciousness. I'll take one more. Yes. Um, you mentioned that certain sound vibrations uh, kind of take into different realms. Um, I was just wondering what, how to kind of get around, unfortunately, in material life, there are going to be some situations where the sound vibration 
you know, doesn't take you, takes you to a lower realms and, and difficult ones, you know, living situations and instances where you can't just be like, you know what, I'm going to go and live in the temple. Um, how to... Yeah, I feel like they're in the temple. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like the work I've got asked to do, you know, there's plenty of opportunities. You don't have to be temple dependent. And that's something that's quite key here, that there needs to be more example of other opportunities. Mm. And I want you to know that, because mm. me and Bob have been diving work, and you can't practice that. <coughs> mm. Yeah, I think, yeah, it's, it's, it's tough. I, I, I live in a, you know, student house, which isn't exactly the environment that I want to be in. Um, just, it's just just about how, you know, coming here, I know that, that it's, so, it's so amazing, and then having to go back to that environment, just how to kind of get along that it's, it's similar to Prabhu's um, question because we're in, we're, we're in the material world, no doubt about it. And so while we're here, uh, we could be selective about the, what we actually take into our heart. And it, it doesn't mean that we have to put on... Um, a, well, let me just say, when I first joined the temple in San Francisco, I remember that this one character showed up, and he had a harmonica holder. You know what that is? Remember Bob Dylan used to use one? You can play guitar and... Because <laughs> it, it holds it, you know, around your neck. A harmonica holder. Bob Dylan. <laughs> so, he would take a harmonica holder, and he had a picture of Krishna on it, like this. And so it was always in front of his face. And he didn't do any service because he had to keep looking at Krishna. Because he understood, he thought, the philosophy was that you just had to keep meditating on Krishna and don't do anything else. And he didn't last very long. <laughs> so you can uh, take in your prescribed dose of transcendental sound in the time that you have to do that. And that will fortify you so that when you are moving around the world and there are various sounds, you'll, you'll notice the difference between the two. And it's not, uh, there's a difference between incidental sounds being in your environment and having to work in those realms and actually taking them into your heart. Now, Prabhupada gave this uh, story, uh, which is about the crocodile and the monkey. Do you know the crocodile and the monkey story? The monkey made friends with the crocodile, but from afar. He was up in a tree, and the crocodile was in the lake below. And they got so friendly that one day, the crocodile said, you know, you should come home and meet my wife. You come over for lunch. And so, and he was sincere. Uh, he went home and he told his wife, I made friends with a monkey. And she said, you made friends with a what? And, and I invited him home for lunch. He said, great, we'll eat him. He said, we'll eat his heart out. And uh, he said, we can't do that because he's my friend. He said, no, no, that's what we do. We're, we're crocodiles. <laughs> so he said, oh, that's not very nice. You, know, you do this. You go bring him home. And so he was a little uh, conflicted. But he went back and said, monkey, time for lunch. Let's go to my house. So monkey jumped down on his back. We're going across. And he said, yeah, bring me to the house for lunch. My wife wants to eat your heart. And he goes, 
Well, why didn't you tell me? It's back up in the tree. He said, it is? Yeah, yeah, I would have brought it if you had told me that's what she wanted. So alligator turned around, went back to the tree, the monkey jumped out and said, uh, see you later, alligator. <laughs> to it. If you don't, if you don't open up, it's like, you know, listening to the music and feeling like, oh, this is from the old days. And, uh, you know, getting into the, the sound vibration, you, you can analyze it, actually, and, and listen to it and, and hear, you know, that's, like, when we were in the airport, I was hearing the different lyrics and I was thinking, it's inane. Research department, what's inane? <laughs> inane. inane. The lyrics are in, either inane or you can relate them back to, like, uh, there was a song I used to hear when I was on Traveling Sankirtan and it was playing in a town because of a popular song. You are everything and everything is you. I think it was Diana Ross, right? I was thinking, that's Bhagavad Gita. That's the And then there was another one, I think it was a punk band, it was in Never Surrender. I think it was while I was here in, in England for three months. Uh, or, uh, yes? Inane means? It means lacking sense or meaning silly. Lack of uh, sense or, or meaning and silly. Yeah. Yeah, so a lot of it, you can just like, it's really inane. Or you can relate it back to Krishna consciousness. Like, yeah, that's a, a devotee song. They just don't know it yet. <laughs> so if you, you're doing your, your own bhajans uh, with the devotees, you'll get that sense, fortification, and you can move in the world. And it's called enlightened engagement with the world, rather than uh, feeling that I'm going to be swallowed up by it. You have your base that you come back to and you replenish. And it's not a detriment to have to go to school or work. You'll actually get more out of it, at the, the experience, by having ju the juxtaposition of the two worlds. No harmonica holder needed. <laughs> okay? Thank you very much, dear devotees. Or, um, this is a beautiful space that you have here because uh, you're doing all the right things. All the things that we talked about, you're already doing. And just lean into them. Because life's very short, and you want to make uh, this lifetime a success by having a complete life in Krishna consciousness. It's not always pretty, and it's not uh, that there's gonna, not going to be difficulties and troubles, but it won't stop you from having a complete, full life in Krishna consciousness and going back home, back to guided at the end. Because as you just keep going and be inventive, put together whatever way you can to stay in contact with the Holy Name and the process of Krishna Consciousness in any way that works for you, you're going to be successful without a doubt. There's no question about it. Okay? Om Tat Sat.